Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Put down the water and grab a fucking drink. drink, 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 drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros. Man, I feel amped about today. I feel great. I feel great about today's show. We got Bobby Ray Schaefer on the show. And if you're an Office fan, you'll remember him as Bob Vance. Bob Vance Refrigeration. Uh, he's been in a bunch of movies with us. And he's just a rad guy. It, sometimes you get lucky when you, you catch uh, guests and friends. Because he's, he's also a friend of ours. Um, on a day where they just don't give a fuck. Where they're like, you know what, man? I'm tired of, of the facade. <laughs> I'm over everyone's bullshit. Here's what really goes on in Hollywood, and here's what, here's what happens. Um, in particular, about being a conservative in Hollywood. And he dropped the hammer today. Uh, did not give a fuck today. And, and it was great, man. Uh, really enjoyed this hour. He's just a, a, a fun, weird, interesting guy. Uh, we love hanging out with him. And uh, he's, he's about as blunt as they get. So uh, stay tuned for that. But first, we got some sponsors. Pay for this whole shit wagon to be on the air. First up, we got BlackRifleCoffee.com. Best in the biz. Number one e-commerce coffee company in the world. It's weird. My best friends own that. Like, that's super strange where you're like, wait, what? And how old are you guys? Oh, you're only five years old. That's fucking amazing. What these guys have been able to do in five years is honestly changing the world, man. I, I don't even, I, I don't have a coffee subscription service uh, before this. I didn't have one whatsoever. I didn't even know it was possible. They have it. They deliver to your house on the same date of every month. Not only that, you get an email that pops up that just says, hey, man, it's about that time. We're, we're about to ship you this. If you want to cancel it, go ahead. Nobody does that either. Usually, they just keep shipping you shit forever. Or you end up like LA Fitness where you just keep getting billed the rest of your life uh, until you change all your credit card info, DNA, blood, um, and then move to another country. Not BlackRifleCoffee.com. Uh, 100% veteran owned. These guys, man, are, are the best in the biz. I love their coffee. They got K-Cups. They got beans. As a matter of fact, I'm going to throw in an oldie but a goodie. Grab life by the beans. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com today. Sign up for the Coffee Club of the Month program. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS20 for 20% off. Next up, we got GhostBed.com forward slash DRINKINGBROS. Working on a lot of huge things with GhostBed in the future, man. Um... This is a product that all of you have hit us up about and said, hey, this, this changed my life. Like, I, 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 I'm able to sleep better. I'm able to do things uh, more clearly when I'm at work because I'm getting a better night's sleep on this. And I'm going to be real. I thought it was bullshit, and uh, I'm, I'm one of you guys, man. I've had these things for close to two and a half years now we've been working with them and that's why we're trying to forge a tie going forward because whenever you get into something like this where you know sleep is is unbelievably important and if you find a great mattress company you don't want to let go of them uh we had problems with another mattress in the past and it was just like the audience didn't like it everybody loves the ghost bed so we're looking to do some big things with them in the future go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today they are offering 15 percent off to anybody who's military or first responder forever so when you go there go to the bottom of the page and click that on because it's a massive savings and knowing that 80 percent of our audience is military and first responder it's incredible, man. So the deals they're giving away are amazing. And as always, they've got a 36-month pay-as-you-go program. 
no interest. Um, that alone is worth the, the price of admission. So if you're a regular human like myself, you can go there and, and still get a bunch of deals. $100 off a classic mattress, $200 off a Ghost Lux. They got that bundle package for $799, which is amazing. It's got that uh, adjustable base. By the way, that adjustable base comes with a remote control, USB ports, flashlights, all of it. Bundle package is like $7.99. You get the mattress, the pillows, and the adjustable base. It's only good one time, so don't try to use it twice. I did. Whoopsie ding dong. But go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today and check out what we are talking about, man, because we love these guys. Uh, next up, we got boxofawesome.com. If you're constantly on the go, grinding your dick into the grounds, uh, you know, you don't really, look, you're hanging out with friends. You don't really have time to shop for shit or go out and get nice shit for yourself. Uh, BoxamAwesome.com takes care of that for you as a dude in this life. You can go there. You can get uh, travel bags. You can get dop kits. Um, you can get like cigar kits, like cool bar items. Things that you need to be a fucking dude in this life where when you're swiping right on Tinder and you bring the girl back to your house to fuck... Uh, you want some nice shit around the house so she doesn't know that you're sleeping on a fucking mattress on the floor, that your TV's not on top of a, a goddamn laundry basket. Why am I saying this? I, I've been there before. Fuck yeah, I've been there before, man. 20, 23 years old, I was there. Brought girls home and I was like, oh, what are we getting into now? Not with boxofawesome.com. Shit's under 50 bucks. Bunch of cool shit for dudes. At least you can you can make your place look nice, your life look nice. And when you travel, it appears as if you keep yourself together. Boxofawesome.com is for guys that give a damn. Go to boxofawesome.com. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS for 20% off at checkouts. Um, again, man, if you sign up too, uh, a new box just comes to your house every month, which is awesome. That's what I got. I got, I got the fucking travel bag the first time. And I got a dot kit on the second go round. Super stoked about that. Go to boxofawesome.com, check them out, sign up today. Uh, promo code DRINKINGBROS, 20% off. Last but not least is our favorite, bisonunion.com. Man, this is Bert, Bert Kuntz's company. Hashtag Bert from TV. He was on the show uh, for a couple weeks. We love Bert Kuntz. More importantly, we love Bison Union more than life itself. I'm always wearing this shit. Me and Matt um, and Jared and the rest of the guys on our Instagram, we're always wearing Bert shit. We're always wearing bisonunion.com. Every time you see a cool hat and you always hit us up, just know that it's bisonunion.com. T-shirts. It's always bisonunion.com. Um, they're long sleeve hoodies, everything, man. Chicago's getting snow this week, for Christ's sakes. It's not too late. Go to bisonunion.com today. They got, uh, look, the best, the coolest hats on the planet. And just shit that fits for dudes, man. We can roll out, have a meal in it. You can work out in it. Uh, lovebisonunion.com. Go there today. Support Burt Koontz and Candace, man. We love them more than life itself. Bisonunion.com. Promo code Drinking Bros. 20% off. That's good every single time, too. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Bobby Ray Schaefer. Hey! You got a little juice there. Juice? Yeah. You got a little juice there. What, what, what happened? You got, a little, you got a little bit of Iraq in your mouth? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell tell the audience what that's from, by the way. Uh, being next to burning tires and giant generators and is it really the city on fire in general? Yeah. See, so Bo- Bobby Ray Schaefer, our guest here today, he naturally just has that gravelly, amazing voice. Yeah, I had to go to war for it. <laughs> but hey, you know what? It wasn't worth it all. So, <laughs> well, 
It worked out. It did. Yeah, uh, yeah, Bobby, yeah. lift it up. There you go. Oh, there we go. There you it mean, is. Hold it. There uh, it is. No, for me, it was uh, Camel cigarette non-filters. Uh, I would run them down in my, in my dad, when my dad would throw them away. Yeah. When I was four or five years old, I'd go over and pick one up and finish it off. Really? Yeah. And then you start whiskey at an early age. How, uh, how old were you? Well, six. Yeah. But, you know, school was rough, you know, a lot of fighting. Yeah, because my understanding, just from stories my grandparents told me, was that you guys had to walk uphill both ways in the snow to get to school, right? Well, I'm from West Virginia, Ooh. so one leg is that, longer than the other. And, and that's and, actually true, West Virginia. Well, it's nothing but hills. Fuck, dude. Hills and hollers. I went to, I went to this uh, University of West Virginia there for a, <laughs> a game for a weekend, right? Morgantown. Yeah, so it, it was a game. Every girl there had calves. The size of fucking softballs. <laughs> it's so funny you say that. It is all uphill. Everywhere you go yeah. is uphill. And I'm like, God damn it. There's got to be a flat something. You know, I've got to walk downhill once. I think there's one county there that has 17 acres flat. The whole really? County, the whole county. And that's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. So. Why? You West Virginia guy? N- not West Virginia, but I saw Bill Burr in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was in a hilly area. And he, he, the first thing, you know how he works, the first like 15, 20 minutes, he's just repping on the crowd. He goes, man, I can't get over these Midwestern people. First of all, it's 12 degrees outside, and two of you are wearing fucking shorts. Yeah. What's up with the calf muscles in uh, the Midwest? It's, it's really bizarre. Sanity, man. Yeah. Especially in West Virginia. Yeah. Uh, you were there for college football game? Yeah, yeah. Who was playing? Uh, Ohio State, uh, oh. West Virginia. Wow, that's a rare meeting there. It, rare meeting one, two. Yeah. Uh, rare to see girls beaver dip. That was the first time I'd ever seen a girl put the skull tobacco yeah. in, and I was like, Copenhagen Yo, and skull. What the fuck? Yeah, well, I used to do that uh, briefly, and you get really buzzed from that. Y- yeah, but imagine a girl where you're just like, hey, because I mean, she she had just clacked it out, and you were like, all right. Well, this is un- a full like you. You actually do this like all the time. They're unique, you know. They're fighters. Those girls. They, yeah, they some of them were sharing dips, by the way. <laughs> well, so by the end of the game, like one no. girl would take out, you know, and put it in the other girl's mouth after she had, you know, obviously been sucking on it for a half hour. Well, yeah, like, no. It's if you go to a party in the hills at night, you're lucky to get out alive, really. Yeah, if, if you're you a stranger, you're and you say, "I'm from Ohio." Yeah, I'm rooting for Ohio State. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. What yeah, part right. of West Virginia are you from? Charleston, down okay. down the southern part of it. Yeah, so. I bet I bet you've raged there. What's that? You've raged there. Uh, no, I was uh, you know I was uh, a schoolboy. I was pretty calm. Really? Yeah, I would only drink a case of beer at a party. <laughs> he said he was a schoolboy, pretty calm. Uh, you're drinking whiskey at six years old. That's so. true, but uh, really never more than I needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When, yeah. when did Coke start? What year was that? Well, that, that was 1979, wasn't it? <laughs> I was in Fort Lauderdale for some of that, and uh, so I was around some guys who were dealing it, and it was scary business because people were dropping like flies. You know, yeah, there was especially a lot in Florida, of, shit. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was Scarface time. Uh, yeah. I just watched that again the other day. It's so great. Still holds up. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you I'm can- surprised because I caught her on AMC, and they'd obviously neuter the shit out of that movie. But when you yeah. watch it, you're like, God damn, man, this is still... Because I heard they're remaking it, and I'm like, don't touch it. They're someone. not remaking that. Yeah. Who, what? I'm like, don't touch it. That's- I forget who was attached. It's been through like three directors at this point. But- They'll never be able to remake that. No, don't touch it. Don't touch that fucking That's movie. like remaking Psycho. I know. Come which on. Which they did. You know, Come on. It was a TV show. Yeah, let's get Anne Haitian, Vince Vaughn. I like Vince Vaughn, but he's a funny guy, but... Uh, 
you can't remake Psycho. No, and then they, then they had the TV show. Um, you know, yeah. with the kid at the hotel and all that shit. I think it's on, safe on to say we're out of ideas Motel? here in Hollyweird. I don't. We're not though. That's the problem. Like, are you talking about Bates Motel? Yeah, that was good though. Oh, you dug it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the series was good. It just wasn't. It wasn't Psycho. It wasn't Psycho. Yeah. Did he kill fine. somebody every week? What was the deal? It, it's more about the development of his character. Oh, I see. It's like a murder per week kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, for for the, those at home who don't know this smooth voice, Bobby Ray Schaefer. Uh, you're, you'll, you'll probably never get away from Bob Vance, Bob Vance Refrigeration. Why would I want to? I know. It's great, isn't you it? You know, I, here's a little realization. I've only been saying that for 14 years. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not tired of it. Are you tired of people asking you when they're going to remake The Office or put it back on? Well, they're not going to put it back on. There's no way to put it back on. You can't re- redo it. Steve Carell and uh, Greg Daniels, who was executive producer, are doing a new show called Space Force. Right. So they want to make fun of Space Force. Of course, not realizing that space is where the next battles are going to be, if not already. Because if you're able to take out satellites and drop EMPs, you know, you're done. Uh, What's the ultimate rule of warfare? Take the high ground. Yeah. Right. That's rule one. Yep. Get to the high ground. So let me that's ask you, the high ground. Yeah, exactly. Dan, military, because we make fun of Space Force all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's fucking real, right? It is real. But like he, kind of what he's alluding to is it's so tenuous in space. Any little thing goes wrong, everybody's dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like, uh, I, it's not like I'm driving a tank in Iraq or something, and the wheel gets fucked up. It's fine. Somebody will come fix it. In space, man, you're fucked. Yeah, a little pebble goes through the glass in your ship or through your hull. Your everybody dies immediately. So I think right now what we're going to be doing is using space to deliver weapons to Earth, which is what we're already doing. How, how so? Like lasers and shit? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Rail guns, things like that. Yeah, because stuff it's... you've seen on on TV and movies over the last ten years is starting to become reality. Yeah. So like, uh, uh, very heavy metal rods, no ballistics at all. They just uh, are not, I'm sorry, no warhead. They just drop them from space. And the kinetic impact is somewhere between two and a half to five kilotons, basically. So like a, a smaller to mid-range size nuclear weapon with, with no fallout. But you, So you could just pick out one person and say, all right, I'm going to laser that motherfucker off the face of the earth. Um, I don't know about all that shit. That's Soon. what I was, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, here's exactly. the problem with that. Just from a physics standpoint, you're going through the troposphere, the ionosphere, and all that stuff, and light gets refracted through that. So even a high density or a high energy laser like that, I don't know if you could be that accurate, honestly. Gotcha. I don't know if you could just like bore somebody's eyeball out of their head. You go down the rabbit hole shit like that, Bobby? What's a rabbit hole? You know, conspiracy theories and fucked up shit. I read. I'm a reader. Always have been. So yeah. I'm pretty well caught up on what everybody's you know projecting and misprojecting and so on and so forth. Where do you think we're at as a society? You think it's there? Uh, we're in trouble right now. I think uh, you know there's a civil war brewing. I hate to see it happen, but I think the other side wants to have at it. Really? Uh, I hope not. Yeah, I don't. I mean, think so. we already. What's we already, the other side? What do you mean by that? Huh? I mean the the uh, globalist, progressive, leftist. Yeah. You know the communist. I just call them communist. You know, I grew up hating communism. I still do, and I sense it everywhere. You know, kids. Uh, that want socialism? What? Yeah. You know, there's only one word that I use to discuss politics, and it's liberty. What did Patrick Hale say? Give me liberty. Give me death. Or give me yeah. death. 
So I believe in the individual. I believe in liberty. And that's that's where I'm at. What do you think? Civil War, Dan? Ever? Uh, no. You're no, because they're pussies. Well, they've got mean? their little brown shirts out, this Antifa crowd. Antifa yeah, but I mean, right. honestly, if, if you see all these videos of people doing stupid shit, but if Ross and I go walking around with a MAGA hat on, nobody's touching me. That's true. Because I'll beat that <laughs> motherfucker to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah you got to pick your battles. You yeah, know, exactly. I, That's you what know. I'm saying, though. They're pussies. They're never going to... And also the problem with the left, and you can see this politically as well, and you'll see it during the, this election cycle. One, they eat their own fast as fuck. Sure. Because they're all trying to high road each other all the time. They always want that high moral ground. So they never become centralized, and that's why they keep losing elections. But I think they think they want to fight. That's the problem. I think they think, okay, we're oh, yeah. ready to fight. Yeah, but it's but all machismo not. bullshit. Like, there's right. nothing. Here's a little fun fact for you. If you took the people in West Virginia, Wisconsin, Ohio, and Pennsylvania that register for a deer license every year, you'd have a standing army of 600,000 men under arms. Yeah. So you think that you're going to be able to go take their weapons from them? Yeah, not a prayer. I don't think so. No. Welcome to West Virginia, kids. Yeah, exactly. Come on, come and get it. <laughs> Let's move on Labe all the way. Yeah. No one understands... Uh, like, America's never been invaded, really, because there's a couple of reasons. One, we have these massive seawall borders that, I mean, there's no way. You would have to, to get a fleet here. Like, if China wanted to do a ground invasion of the United States, there's no fucking way. Even with all their people, it would take them fucking a month to get here, and we would have leveled their entire country by then. Sure. So, and then with all, the other part of it is that, what you're talking about. Like, we could raise a standing army of Millions. probably three million yeah. people who actually know how to shoot, not farmers, but right. people who grew up have been shooting for 15, 20 years. It's just not going to happen. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I think the chance of like a nuclear bomb would be the, the best route, but I think it would be on somebody, not you know necessarily launched. Like, I, I think that could happen eventually Look, one day. Here, I don't know if it can or not, and here's why. Something like between 70 and 200 suitcase nukes, like smaller nukes, went missing after the wall, the Kremlin went, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. went tits up and the fucking Berlin Wall fell. Um, where are they? Yeah. Like, somewhere they exist. Yeah, yeah, somewhere, somewhere they have them, but you have to maintain plutonium, and it has to be kept under certain conditions to actually be visible, and I guarantee you that hasn't happened. So those first years between 90 and 2000, when no suitcase nukes went off, I was like, I'm not worried about that anymore. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it must be so difficult to do it that no one's been able to accomplish they, it. There's bad actors who want to do it, right? I remember For after, sure people want to do it. There's no question about that. I remember after 9-11, I read an editorial where someone said, we have to prepare ourselves to lose a city. You know, I'm, I'm ready to lose Los Angeles. <laughs> it, it's our, she's already gone. Yeah, <laughs> we we've already lost her. That's what it feels like. But that it? was very sobering to me, and that always stuck with me. You know, prepare. We that's a big deal, right? Yeah. Of course, if it was up to me, I would have nuked Mecca the day after 9/11. But that's you know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's well, just I mean, me. So during World War II, France got torn up, Blitzkrieg in London, everybody but us got fucking just destroyed at home people in this country and i think it's 
right after that, going into the Korean War and the Vietnam War is when people started to, the, there was a shift where it beca- became passe almost to be patriotic. Right. Uh, oh, absolutely. Or, or whatever you want to call it. And now, uh, today, people take it for granted. They don't know what it's, they, if, you're, if you're like, well, why do you need a gun? Is what someone who's never been robbed or raped or had their house burglarized or been invaded by a foreign army would say. Yeah, that's you know right. I mean? Yeah. I did a movie about uh, 10 years ago. It's called Knife Point, and it was a home invasion robbery, and I was the victim of it. And my, my wife was murdered. My son was killed. I was ass raped. We think we talked about this on your other show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the rage that you just feel... Uh, I mean, it was really a brutal experience. And normally I used to make fun of actresses because they would hold on to parts after they were done with them. Sure. You know, I'd say, what's the matter? And like, oh, I just can't let go of this part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I couldn't let go of that part. I yeah. was like, what in the world? You know, and at the same time, I think there was a, a home invasion in Connecticut, I remember, that was just brutal where they set people on fire. I mean, you can't appeal to these animals' better nature. They don't have a better nature. If they had a better nature, they wouldn't be in your house robbing your shit. Right. Right. So what are you going to do? Yeah, to me, it... You want to be at somebody's mercy? Right. No. All, all no. these people in power who, who are anti-gun, it, all I need to know about them is that they're surrounded by professionals with guns all the time. <laughs> well, sure. You know what I mean? Hey, yeah. did you hear somebody robbed Tim Kennedy's house the other day? Really? That's yeah. a really bold is it, move. Is the right MMA, MMA fighter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, he's also a special, special forces sniper. Yeah. Oh, he's, wow. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a bold move. Yeah, it is. They must have not known. He posted, yeah. so he posted on Instagram uh, shots from the surveillance camera. Jer- hey, Jared. Jared Taylor. Did you hear what, what Tim did to that guy? He never, said, he never said in the post, but I'm dying to know. We'll have I mean, to have him back on the show. Yeah. I'd yeah. like to know what happened to Mayhem Miller. What happened at his house? Did you ever hear about that? No. The SWAT team showed up. I used to love his show. Have you ever seen his show, Bully Beatdown? Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These clowns. I want to get in the ring with a trained professional yeah, yeah, MMA yeah. fighter. You know, that, that's like getting in the ring with Muhammad Ali at his prime. Yeah, You're like, fuck that. Yeah, I could last two punches. No, you won't. No. No. Not a prayer. One shot. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> yeah, I remember, uh, who was it? Uh, somebody killed Marcus Luttrell's dog. Really? Yeah, and Marcus fucking tracked this guy down. And... Yeah, you can't kill a Texan's dog. No. No, also I mean, he was going... killing people's dogs. There's something sick Who knows? There. But he was going like 110 in his truck, and he ended up calling 911. It was like, look, if you don't come out and get this guy, I'm going to yeah. fucking kill him. Um, wow. Oh, yeah. Crazy. You had something crazy happen to you. One of the leads in your movie. You mean in Dick Dixter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I want to apologize to America right now because I am responsible for abducted in plain sight. Yeah. The t- documentary. T- tell this story because this is, this is crazy. Well, I this mean, is like the biggest... One of the biggest documentaries on Netflix. My wife, you love Abducted in Plain Sight. Everybody loves Abducted. Yeah. Uh, look, you like those more than I do. I'm just like, why? Why? Well, they're God. the most popular podcast now, too. Yeah. The true crime stuff. Oh. It's, it's, it's like no, nobody else is even close. No. It's always number one. Well, so the story is she came in and read for the movie, and I cast her. And she's great in the movie. I mean, she's playing someone out for revenge, right? So after we finished filming Dick Dixter, now available in Redbox, Hulu, YouTube, uh, go. Google Play, everywhere, please be sure to see it. Um, 
she comes over to the house. She, she gives me a book. It's called Stolen Innocence, right? Her mom wrote it. It's the story of the kidnapping and the pedophile and the aliens. The alien thing always threw me in this, you know. But uh, so I read the book and I'm horrified by this book. I'm, I'm really disturbed by the mom's version of events, right? She waited five days to call the FBI when the child's been kidnapped. Right. Who does that? Like, yeah, you guys, you kids go have a little vacation, you know. So she comes over to the house. She says, what do you think of the book? I say, uh, it's it's really weird. <laughs> you know, it's weird. Because uh, there's so many elements to it. I mean, especially with the aliens and the Mormonism and the FBI. I mean, it's crazy. She says, well, I'm trying to get it made as a Lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. And I said, ah, that's going to take forever. You're going to have to develop the script. I mean... Etc. I said you should just make the documentary yourself. Yeah. Plus, Lifetime would have chopped all kinds of oh, shit. Oh, come out on! Of it's here. not going to be yeah. anything. No. You know, Nowhere close to what the yeah, original intended. You can't put that on TV, yeah. really. Yeah. Although it's the biggest documentary in the country right now, right? Right. Her IMDb number was thirty-five. Okay, so I'm like looking the Dixter. I check the eye to see who's doing what. Right? Sure. I'm like thirty-five. <laughs> yeah. So what the hell? So, uh, so I say, you know, you, you raise the money. Shoot the recreations, shoot the talking heads, assemble the still footage, voila, documentary. She made it. She did it. It's, really? Yeah. Yeah. How long did it take her to do all that? About a year and a half, two years. And did you help her throughout that process? Or? No, she would send me fundraising emails, which I ignored, you know, but right. I was busy with my getting my own movie out into the world. Of course, yeah. And, so there's a great moment in Dick Dixter, which is really a Me Too revenge comedy. I made a Me Too comedy before, <laughs> the, before there was Me Too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And uh, she has Dick Dixter tied down on this table, and they're getting ready to kill him or cut his balls off or something. And she screams, you stole my innocence! Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like a great three-second gift that I'm going to splash out to the world there. <laughs> so I'm thinking, stolen innocence. Yep. What, so, were, what were your real thoughts on her? Well, she's an interesting lady. I mean, she's survived a lot. I, I think she's still kind of in love with that past. I think that kind of comes through in that documentary. Yeah. Um, as an actress, I really liked her work. I mean, she's just first rate in the movie. So I hadn't really seen any of her stuff. What she, what got her the part was I had put the script to the Dick Dixter in the lobby. Right. You know, I left the whole script out there. Because this never happens. It's supposed to be there when you go in to read for SAG stuff. There's supposed to be a script there. Because there's clues in the script. If you've only got sides, you've got three pages. You don't know the full arc of the character. So she actually read the script before she came in to read. Gotcha. And she was the only one who picked up the script. The only actor all day long. You know, out of a couple hundred that I saw that day. Sure. So I, I like that. Right. As a writer, you know you like people to read your script. Yeah, absolutely. So... She took the time, and but it's rare. You don't. You don't know. Uh, I mean, fuck. We've had actors come in, even on Range Fifteen. I'm not going to say who, but they were like, "Oh, I'm in another scene." So, like, yep, that script kept going. <laughs> yeah. um, there was more pages to it. That's so, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, and that shit happens. All well, the time. you're looking for clues. You're a detective in my business, right? You're yeah, trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do with this character. Yeah, do you think it's all worth it? We were talking about this before we went on the air. Like, what's that? All of this shit. Is it all worth it? You know? Yeah. Life. (laughs) 
We're leaving something behind. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, right? It's, it's weird, isn't it? pile of movie crap. It's weird, isn't it? Right. Because, like, you take The Office, for example. Yeah. Like, that fucking thing. It's a monster. A monster. And it could live forever. It's, and it, I, it, isn't it the most, like, the watched? Most, it's the most streamed show on Netflix. Yeah. Seven and a half percent of the Netflix subscribers are watching it. Are watching The, the Office, And they watch yeah. it over and over and I over do. again. I watch it every night. Do you? Yep. yep. It's still funny. The jokes still hold up. Yep. It's not politically correct. You know, you, Michael, uh, Steve Carell said recently, we could never make this show now. I know. How sad is that? It's stupid. Like, somebody's got to, at some point, just do it. Yeah, but it's going to take executives, and the problem is... They all, like, everybody's so scared now that they don't want to take the credit or blame for it because it's their job. So if you but make those the... big three, the big three, they're still the standard. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But they're not going to do it. No. No way. No. No way. I feel like there's a couple of guys out there in, in the space that could get it done. Ricky Gervais is one of them. He is, yeah. He just had, he's got a new show on Netflix, by the way. Um yeah, he can he can really still good. do whatever he wants because he's rich enough, and it's like, all right, cool, he's Ricky Gervais. I feel like Chappelle can still do whatever he wants because he's Chappelle and he's rich enough, and it's like, all right, great. If I say the wrong thing here and there, it doesn't really fucking matter. Um, Louis C.K. I thought could until a point, so I started jacking off in front of people. But <laughs> you <laughs> he know, got away with a lot. I mean, he does. He got whole, away with a lot. He does a whole bit about the n-word and he's saying it repeatedly oh over and over and over again yeah uh, in that special that came out what 2014 or 15 or yeah. somewhere around there yeah and uh and they yeah. dug that up he was he was they tough dug it on. up recently yeah yeah but i mean it's and he, it was he like was, hey man this was years and years ago and everybody laughed and now you've got a fucking problem with it now it's a funny joke i mean the point he makes in the in the in the bit is very accurate and funny Right. That's that's to me has always been the thing with Michael Richards just yelling the N word into the crowd. Probably not the best idea. I yeah. Guess. Jesus. Oh, they took him down for that. that yeah. was Forever. That was the end. That's yeah, that all you were, like all to me. Over. He's cram like he's Kramer, but you still only remember him for that. Yeah. That one five minute set or however long he was up there. But the I have a Kramer fun fact for you. What do you got? Well, I uh, I did an episode of Becker, and his stand in from Seinfeld was on Becker, and he told me that. Kramer wore the same pair of shoes the whole nine years. Really? Yeah. And they were, you know, taping them together. And <laughs> But he, you know, he also told me that he always did this thing where he would bounce off the wall when he entered. Yeah. He pushed himself. He, he got up and pushed himself in through the door. And I, I like stuff like that. That stuff is interesting to me. You Was know? he a good dude, did they say? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's no way an ensemble like that can work if there's one bad asshole. Yeah, for nine years, yeah. No yeah, way. that's true. Yeah, because it was pretty much just the four of them, you know? It's It holds up. It's still funny is the first time. Yeah, yeah. Seinfeld's still great. Jokes for, still work. Friends, The Office, uh, Parks and Rec still holds up for me, where anytime those are on in the background, you know, you're like, all right, cool. I feel, yeah, yeah. I, I feel all right. But um, back to that point, if the joke is funny, yeah, then you can say pretty much whatever you want. Honestly, yeah, that's, I, that, I feel that's like what I that's think. been the standard forever. Well, look, we don't certainly give a shit on this show. But no, we don't care at all. But no, just, we've said horrible shit. You in particular, Dan. Well, right, look, come on. Dan's a Francophile. Um, in case you don't know, what's that mean? Big and Anne Frank, big Anne Frank fan. So we were talking about doing the movie. <laughs> I know, trans Frank, Na Nazi werewolves, and Anne Frank. Yeah, yeah trans was, Frank. Yeah, yeah, trans Frank. Yeah, uh, trans Frank. Trans Frank and uh, zombie uh, zombie Nazis is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. No no way we can get funding for any of that. Well, that's an Emmy anymore. winner. 
you know, when I saw the trailer for Schindler's List, I like get the Oscar ready. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, my buddy just won two Oscars. Who? Nick Vallelonga. Oh, really? For, for Green uh, Book. Green Book, yeah. Yeah. I've started Nick Vallelonga in the Hollywood business. Really? I knew uh, Brian Curry back in the sure. day. Sure. Yeah. Funny uh, guy. Great guy. He got, he got two as well for that. But they put him through his paces for it. Yeah. It was a long time, man. Oh, yeah, man. They tried to kill Green Book. I mean, there was the, the forces of evil were against it. Yeah, and they made uh, they made Nick uh, retract a little something, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. Really? Well, he had tweeted out uh, when Trump was running mm -hmm. that uh, he had seen Muslims on the street, oh, on the rooftops in New York City on 9/11 uh, cheering. Right. Right. So they wanted to debunk that, and I remember seeing that television report that morning. It only once, and then. It, it disappeared, into yeah. The into the rabbit hole. Yeah. Speaking what, of, what conspiracies do you believe in? Huh? What do you got, conspiracy I don't have any. None? You no. Know, none no. that you really believe in where you're like, all right, cool. No, I'm not, uh, you know. Because I'll still lean towards... I'll still lean towards JFK. Well, sure, like, you got to right. go there. There's a second shooter, right? I don't so. think there was a wait. I don't think there was a second shooter, but I think it was definitely our government that called it. Yeah, uh, our the CEO of our coffee company, Evan Haver, uh, he really believes that it was George H. W. Bush, not necessarily that it was the shooter, but to put the whole thing in the motion. Um, I've heard Lyndon, you know, maybe Lyndon Johnson. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a plausible theory too. You know, uh, Lyndon Johnson has one of my favorite lines of all time. He, he snuck into one of the little assistants' bedrooms one night down there at the ranch. And she said, Mr. President, what are you doing? And he sat on the end of her bed and said, I am your president. No way. Yeah, yeah that's a quote. Well, I wonder what happened <laughs> after that. <laughs> I don't know. I never heard the rest of the story. No, I didn't either. I didn't either. I don't think the world Lady Bird was one. asleep. Yeah, she was not attractive. Yeah. Right, no. Oof. Rough times. Lady Bird Johnson. If, if you're going through first ladies, well, there's only maybe, what, three that are hot? Uh, Melania, Melania, and She's Melania. Uh, I'll, I'll throw Jackie O in there. All right. Um, and then whoever Taft was married. I'm kidding. <laughs> Wasn't he a bachelor? Wasn't <laughs> I don't Taft know. the only bachelor? He was the fat one, right? Yeah. I yeah, think I bachelor think so. was code for something back then. Yeah, I did too. Uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I did too. Uh, a happiness, a gayness. Uh, yeah, but Lincoln liked dudes. Who cares? Did he? Freed the That's slaves. That's what they That's say. That's not true. He, he sucked dicks and freed the slaves, brother. Shut the fuck yeah. up. Lincoln was gay, so that's that's a conspiracy. You know, that's the log cabin Republicans, the gay Republicans. It's based on this theory that Lincoln's assistant was his lover that whole time. And the Mary really? Todd was just some chick that had his kids. That makes you sense. You really never heard this? No, I, I've never heard this. Yeah. I, but it makes sense, though. Like, if you look at Mary Todd. Like, well, she was nutso. She was a time. beard. Yeah. Yeah, she was, yeah. but she, she looked was like a beard like, where it was just like, all right, cool. She was Hugh Jackman's wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah. <laughs> What's up with Hugh Jackman's wife? Oh, she's uh, she, a beard. A beard. Oh, is that, he? Uh, uh, that, it, it's, it's been speculation for a long time. And yeah, well, they get two adopted Rock kids. Hudson to me, pulled it off for 30 years. Yeah. So. Yeah, but in this day and age, to me, it's disappointing. Just be gay. Gives a shit. But I think if you're still a leading man, I mean, look, let's yeah, face it. No. Hugh Jackman's still a leading man. 
And he's I would love gay Wolverine. Banging girl. Can you imagine? Oh, like super gay Wolverine. Can you imagine that character? Yeah, yeah. He's like being all tough and shit, and then and he's like sipping tea or something at the end of the day. I don't, I don't even know why I said that, but so, gay Wolverine seems like a fucking hilarious character. Gay Wolverine would be a great movie. I mean, if you're going to start remaking shit, that's pretty much, you know. Wow. Let's go really the full full bone with it and go gay Wolverine. That's uh, that's dark. Yeah, it's real dark. Especially when the You could make a super dark version of The Office. Uh, there was one, you know. That's how I came up with Dick Dixter. One morning, I went into Starbucks, and on well, my way to the show to film a, an episode, where I sat there and looked at Michael Scott for days and hours. And uh, well, he's very funny, you know. And uh, the girl behind the counter says, "I have a present for you." And I'm like, "How about just a coffee?" Yeah. And by the way, this coffee, Black Rifle Coffee, is amazing. Oh, thanks. Really good. And so she runs out to her car, she comes back in, and she hands me the porno version of The Office. Really? Uh-huh. There's, <laughs> yeah, Bob Vance was a swinging dick, man. Shut the fuck. Yeah. So Bob so, Vance was in it. Yeah, yeah, there's Bob Vance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking at this, I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah, I knew that the porno business made oh, yeah. versions, yeah, yeah. and they like to steal titles that are approximate... Kind of like the asylum, you know. Yeah, but was it called the Boffice? How do they? No, it was called the Office. Okay. And uh, the bo- the thing was the the boss was Michelle, not Michael. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took that into the set, and we were all like amazed by it. You know, we're like the hell with the Emmy. We just that's we how you really, know you made it. Yeah, right that's how you know you made it. Really made it now. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that was kind of the conceit of it. And I was thinking about it. You know, I said, "Where did this come from?" She said, "My boyfriend directed it." So I'm like. Right now, as we speak, there's hundreds of directors working in the adult entertainment business out here in Hollywood. Yeah, we were over at uh, Vixen headquarters, what, Friday? A couple days ago, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Friday afternoon, there's just 10, 12 porn stars walking around. Um, Some of them have just come off of a shoot. Yeah. They were eating, you know, craft services in the fucking kitchen, and you're just like... Like like it would like it was another, another day, at day at the office. That's yeah, right. Punching the time card. Well, I had a buddy of mine who was working as a UPM in in the porn business, and he told me this story one time. He said he came over for dinner and we were eating, and I, I said, "How was work?" Yeah. <laughs> he said, "Ah, we had a rough day today. There was an actress. You know, it was a three on one. It was her first time getting three on one, and you know, she was a little nervous. Thank God, goodness, her husband was there to comfort her. Shut the fuck. And I'm up. like. Who? What? <laughs> That's Dan's dream, by the way. Her husband. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so supportive. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> he goes, no, no. She, she, He really loves her. And I'm like, this sounds like a really creepy voyeurism to me, you know, watching some dude, three dudes working out on your wife, and you're like holding her hand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. It's like uh, childbirth. Yeah. You're holding her hand for support. While <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Don't go in and out of her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dan's into that. Like he, I'm not actually not. Yeah, into that. you are, Dan. Yeah. You love watching or hearing about your significant others getting railed. I just like uh, the pornographic aspect in general. The fact that she's my significant other is of no consequence, <laughs> which makes her insignificant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the best way to describe it. You have insignificant forsaking others. all yeah, no, others. For real. That's uh, we had a conversation about that the other night, where the the. The dream is to find someone who that's not the case for. Yeah. And I'll know I've met the right person. Yeah. But until then, 
boom. You're, yeah, you're good to it. I used to bartend in this place on Sunset Boulevard in the 80s called Nikki Blair's. It was the big celebrity joint, right? And there was a couple that would come in once a month, and their goal was to pick up one dude in the bar to take home so hubby could watch. No way. With his wife. Yeah. And so, you know, when they get desperate, they try to recruit me, but I was like, ah, no. no. Thanks. I'm, I'm just going to go get a McDonald's and go home and go to sleep. Not Thanks. once. So not once you ever went. went well, once, and I regretted it ever since. You did go once. Yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, no, no. No? <laughs> Here was what was frightening. I used to get out of the, you know, you'd leave the bar at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I lived on Melrose and La Brea, and there was a, a, a Mexican transsex, a transvestite bar. That was just down the street. I didn't street know that was there. a thing. Yeah, well, it was a thing. Yeah, like Mexican wrestling, if you've ever seen that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's fun. And transvestites at three o'clock in the morning. They've had a long night. Yeah, they get the, the shot. The mascara's yep. running. The Five o'clock shadow. Yeah. yeah, their fishnets are torn. They can't walk in these heels anymore. It's just brutal, <laughs> brutal. So. Really, uh, you know, we used to have a couple smokes together and reminisce. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, bring Don in with a cheery hello. How was the... So you were here in the 80s? Was it yeah. Was it like cocaine? Was it as crazy as, as people say it was? Yeah, but, uh, you know, as long as your supplier was uh, decent, you know, you weren't getting too much baby laxative up the old... Oh yeah, schnappers. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, you know, first two, you're shit it through was the rampant. door, right? It yeah. was rampant. I think every, you know, everybody was, you know, especially in movies. How was the partying back then? Because now everybody's got camera phones and shit. Like, oh, it was insane. You know, I I remember being at a party with James Woods. You know, in those days, and he was a big fan of the cocaine. Yeah, oh, boy. oh yeah, yowza yowza, and multiple women at the same time. Oh yeah, no, bizarre. There was sweet, yeah, I know Swedish. Uh, what are the girls that fly on the planes? What do they call them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> dude. Uh, the, the flight attendants. Flight attendants. Yeah, yeah. Stewardesses. Yeah. Stewardesses. Swedish stewardesses. Yeah. They, where are you from? You're all from... It was the United Nations, you know. I mean, uh, Los Angeles. I... Uh, Nikki Blair's was where all the older producers came to uh, meet young girls. That was it. And it was a part. It was Party Central. I remember one night I was bartending there, and Sam Shepard came in. And Sam Shepard was my personal hero at the time, right? Sure, he's one of the cool guys of all time. Yeah, one of the best actors there. Yeah, is. great actor, great yeah. writer. I mean, I was doing his material, you know, in, in plays and theater and whatnot. And he's looking around at Nikki Blair's, and he's going. He says to me, "What kind of place is this?" And I go, "Yeah, you know, it's it gets a little wild. It can be a little dangerous." And he looks at me, he goes. Dangerous is a loaded forty-five. Did he have one on him? <laughs> no, but he, he said that. I was like, I'm doing hard-boiled dialogue with Sam Shepard. This is pretty good because I used to see him uh, driving around in L.A. in a he had a Mercury Marquee station wagon with the wood paneling and Jessica Lang's in tow. I mean, you, you pay attention when Jessica Lang is is around. Yeah, and uh, you know he never flew. He didn't like to fly. He, he would always drive to his movie shoots. Really? So, I didn't yeah. know that. Like John Madden. Yeah, Madden, John Madden would That's right. He never got out of the RV. No. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Who were who some of the hottest back in the day? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I never told this. I'm going to confess this for the first time ever. All right. You know who my first girlfriend was in Los Angeles? No. Lori Partridge, Susan Day. 
Really? From the Partridge family. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's right. What was that like? Well, it was insane because she was so ultra famous, right? Yeah. And, and then, of course, she went on to L.A. Law and uh, after she dumped me. but <laughs> How did you guys meet? Uh, we met through, she had a French nanny. And I was working at this little French restaurant down in Marina Del Rey. And I got introduced to her through that. And she was married. So we kind of, you know. Had an affair. And then she left the husband for me. And, uh, you know, we lived together for five years. Wow. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And also at that time, I want to, again, I'm confessing here on a Sunday for some strange fucking reason. We're basically like Barbara Walters. Yeah. yeah that's we, what I feel We pull like. it out of you. What yeah. tree would you be? Um, yeah. Oak. So I was in acting class with Marsha Brady. Okay. I was living with Susan Day, Lori Partridge, and I was in acting class with Marsha Brady. Yeah. And I was tempted to maul. Really? <laughs> well, of course. It was the double header. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Did that for, go down with Marsha? Well, I can't really comment on that at this point, but the rehearsals were intense. Yeah, I bet they I, were. I, I forget what play we were doing. But you had sex with Marsha Brady, you son of a bitch. I did not. I, I did not say that. <laughs> we rehearsed it. Yeah. Okay. It was yeah, a rehearsal. Of course it was. Dress, an undress rehearsal. An undress rehearsal where you had sex with Marsha Brady. But I remember feeling pretty proud of myself. You know, I'm like, I may be the only guy in Hollywood. Yeah. It's got them both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's had sex right. with Brady Bunch and I wasn't really that conscious of them. You know, I mean, I watched them on TV, but I wasn't like, you know, someday I'm going to take both of these broads down. Right. Because wasn't Greg in that show? Wasn't he fucking the mom, Florence Henderson? Or Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I met him once at Casey Kasem's house. Oh, really? <laughs> How was Casey Kasem? He was a weird little dude. You know I'm that? Casey Kasem. Yeah. He had this huge wife. She was like, Six feet five, you know, and he was really? a tiny little, tiny little dude. He went through some weird shit. Remember his body getting passed around? Did you ever hear about this, Dan? Yeah. Like, like they were they were fighting over the body, and it just kept no getting shit. passed it was around. Like a, All the family was. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of like a Ted Williams situation where the son wanted to freeze his head, and the yes. family wanted to cream oh, him wow. or whatever. That's weird stuff. And it's just, the, the body kept getting passed around, and I think... I mean, it was it was a while, like two or th- like he didn't get buried till like two or three months later, or cremated or whatever it was. But it was, yeah. Well, it was, I remember he had a mansion, you know, in one of the canyons, and it was, you know, an impressive place by yeah. Hollywood standards. Well, I mean, fuck, he was top loaded. forty. It was good. Yeah. Good to Casey. Did you ever hear his uh, deleted um, bloopers from no, his show? No, I bet he was shit? a real prick, though. Yeah, he was. Why was he a prick when you met him? No, no, he was. It was. He was on. It was a party. You know. It was yeah. Friday night in Hollywood. And so you know how, how he would do those dedications. Yeah. This goes out to a little girl in Missouri <laughs> who lost her dog. Yeah. In a wood chipper. Um, That's like, true. So it's a series of those. If you go to YouTube, you can pull up the the bloopers of that. Oh, I'll, I'll check that and out. And he'd be like, God. Damn it. Who the fuck put this story in here? Nobody gives a shit about this girl's goddamn dog. Can we not find a real fucking story that's touching her some? So, and it was just like, Jesus Christ. That's like, hilarious. Casey Kasem would just go off. It was kind of like, for me, it was like Bill O'Reilly. Like, you know, before that, fuck it. we'll do it live. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know that shit. And then doing it all these years. Then you understand how you get frustrated or yell or whatever. Like uh, when Chris Berman's leaked. Chris Berman. I mean, everybody. <laughs> shit. Christian Bale's the, with the with the gaffer, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that that whole uh, episode mm-hmm. 
that was performance. That's a performance for everybody on the set. Actors will do that. When I was doing theater, there's always going to be a fight between me and the director at some point in the proceedings. There has to be, just to set the tone. So he's just letting everybody there know, I'm, when I'm working, you people better shut the fuck up. And well, can, you imagine, can you imagine learning, I don't know, 50 pages of lines for, for a film, and then you're, you're in like page 35, cut like three quarters of the way through filming, and you're trying to you're grinding out one day, trying to get through these lines, and this one asshole keeps flashing a light in your eyes, uh, in your eyeline. I would fucking man, I, holy I, I've, shit, I've lost my shit over that because I don't like to hear or see anything behind camera or any form of movement. Now you're a tennis ball guy. I, I would rather, yeah, dead serious. I would rather act with a fucking tennis ball all goddamn day long. I don't need anyone but a goddamn tennis ball, and it's simply because of sitting in these edits for so long that I, I know which takes you're going to use in the edit anyway. So it's like. Great. I don't really give a shit. Well, I think the point of it, though, is they have two hours to get the shot ready and everybody's working and, you know, you're on there for 30 seconds at a time or a minute or two minutes at a time. So that's got to be sacrosanct. That needs to be silent. You know, you can't go in there and get that with people doing stuff. Right. I mean, so to me, that was just uh, a pro doing his thing. It just happened to leak out. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, everybody was like, oh, Christian Bale's an asshole. Like, no. No, man. of course not. If you like, if you were fixing a car or something, and somebody came up and kept slapping the wrench out of your hand, you'd punch him in their fucking face. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. you know percent. He's I mean? a perfectionist. He's yeah. you know he goes all the way in it, and he doesn't want anybody else to disrespect that. That's all. Yeah, can't stop thinking about Baggy Batman. Oh, Baggy <laughs> Batman. We talked about Baggy Batman the other day, picturing uh, actors in different roles. Oh yeah, and then playing. So we 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 had this thing with uh, Christian Bale as the machinist, one hundred twenty six pounds, playing Batman. Wow. Oh, <laughs> just weak and super frail and like the, the outfit's super baggy and shit. Going like, down to 126 is going all the way. God. I think yeah. that's going too far. He doesn't fuck Same. around. Did you see, have you seen him in the new Dick Cheney movie? No. Like he gained a fuckload of weight for this I won't, thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I saw the I trailer. I can't support that kind of I, I can't either, yeah. man. I can't watch that shit. And it's like, I like that movie and there's another one coming up about um, all the, the, the Fox sexual harassment, Fox News. Um, who are oh, you they're making? making a movie about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like Nicole Kidman and Charlize Theron. Uh, and, oh but the boy. thing is... That's going to be a uh, And it's, a, it's about the Me Too of taking down Roger Ailes, right? That's going to be a uh, giant Fox. circle jerk. That's going to be a terrible Yeah, movie. but it's the same with the, with the Dick Cheney thing is, is like, who is your... It bombs. Who's your audience for that? Like, who's going to pay for all that shit? There's 10% of these people in the country, right? And they believe they're the whole country. That's what it is. They right. Think everybody's with them. But... but That's it, why Trump startled the living hell out of them. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a Republican. We've been Republicans in West Virginia ever since we fought to free the slaves in the Civil War. Right. You know, the Republican Party was formed by Abraham Lincoln. Of course. To free the slaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we did. You know, my, my great-great-grandfather was 16 years old when he donned the blue. And he was wounded at a battle in Salem, West, uh, Salem, Virginia at the time. You know, brothers and family was fighting family there. Yeah. Right. So we, we put 600,000 men in the ground to free the slaves, uh, which I believe a lot of people have forgotten. I think they still think they're enslaved. I'm not sure why. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's there's a, some opportunity out there. Go seize the day. I know. Right? It, it, it's a weird time we're in. Uh, you looking forward to this bloodbath this summer? Speaking of which, since, since you're, you're a Republican, you got 20 people now, 20 people in the Democratic race. There's the, they're all losers. I can't 
find anyone with cogent thinking in that group. It's like 2015 when all the Republicans marched all those people with like Michelle Bachman and Ben Carson and all these lunatics. Yeah. And then, of course, it gets whittled down to just a few people who are well, actually legitimate. We'll see candidates. what they come up with. What's, to, your, to what's, what's your guess, your early guess? Because Dan and I have ours. Yeah, what's we yours? Do. Trump. No, no, no. No, not, the, no I think Dems. he'll get reelected. But, but who do you think is coming out of the Democratic side? Well, I think it'll be Harris. Really? Yeah. The, I, you know, it's funny. The poll. In one form, either VP or, or I don't know who the, who's their dude. They yeah, hate. well, the, the polls came out today for the Democrats, and I was surprised. They had Biden at one, and they had Bernie at two. Yeah. So, Biden? Biden was through in 88 when he was plagiarizing uh, English uh, professors. Yeah. He, I couldn't even write his own fucking speech. He keeps guy. creeping up, you know? Look, huh? he was uh, VP for, what, eight years? Uh, yeah. He's a scary. He's 70. 74, I think. 78. Is he 78? 78. I think Jeez. Bernie's 79, no right? Yeah. I think no Bernie shot. will be 79 by the time of that election. So uh, it's strange. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's not easy to knock off an incumbent when there's when gas prices are low and when the uh, unemployment rate is low. Booming. Like when an incumbent hasn't lost an election in the United States when gas prices are under value and when the unemployment rate is under five ever. Yeah. And it's not going to happen this time either. Well, yeah, it's just keeping it under that rate. Yeah. Um, for... I met Donald Trump. Y- yeah, I have, I have too. What, what, what was your feeling? Where'd you meet him? Uh, at a rally in Wilmington, North Carolina, oh, actually. Yeah. After the uh, hurricane? Um, no, actually. Um, he, but he, came, he did come there for the hurricane afterwards. Um, we were evacuated um, deep into the mountains at that point. Uh, my wife was living her best life in a cabin up in the woods. So I was on it's top nice of the It's nice up there in the woods, but the coastline is hard to beat. Yeah, so we, we, we live on the beach there. But he came through uh, during the rallies. We actually had the same agent. Okay. Um, for, for books. All right. And uh, he had read this book of mine, and it was he was a fan. And like, uh, so we got to go. We got to meet oh, him and, awesome. and do the whole thing. And it was great. And he was rad. Um, I, my feeling was this. Like father-son weekend at a college, you know? He was just like the fun dad. Like, that's, that's what he seemed like to me. Like, no, no... You know, people not, were trying to get him to run in '88. Yes, all right. That was yeah, when he was that, on Oprah talking. He was on about Oprah it. talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I met him at um, in 2007 at the NBC at the Golden Globes, and he walked in the room. And this is all movie and TV stars there. And he was he there him. for The Apprentice? Yeah, yeah. It was NBC. So yeah, he, he's coming in. To make he, he, you know makes the circuit. He had the most charisma of anybody there. Right, and that's saying something in that room. So I went over and introduced myself, and I said, well, I'm on this show called The Office, and he says, Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, I mean, uh, he's an, uh, the epitome of American success. Yeah. He's a, what hasn't he done? Well, after being president, there's there's nowhere no, else to go. Not like, much, not much left to do. Pretty much the last uh, bucket much. list item you could check off. There. Yeah, I think it's funny people always say, "Well, his daddy gave him a million, yeah, and he turned it into ten billion. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So how many uh, rich kids get a million bucks and squander it up their nose? Yeah, right. Tons, ton. Dan, you got what eighty, ninety dollars as a child? Um, from my parents. Yeah. Well, I stole it from them, yeah. and I spent it all on cocaine. They didn't even brother. know it was missing. No, but I, I, they knew it was when I came back, and oh, my boy. pupils were all fucked up. <laughs> Where's that 80 bucks? Oh, Dan's out there digging a hole in the backyard for no reason. He must have done all that cocaine again. 
<laughs> I like digging holes. What can I say? Who do you think's coming out 2020? I think it's Biden. You do? Yeah. That's right. We talked about, did we talk about this on the news the other day? Fake news? Uh, I believe so, yeah. A couple I just weeks back. Uh, Biden's the only one that can galvanize the entire party, like we were talking about earlier. Nobody, the left has a notoriously hard time since... 2004 when Kerry came out of getting everybody on the same fucking page for an election cycle. Right. And Biden, in my opinion, is the only one that can do it. Got it. Yeah. I To me, I, I'll be really interested to watch it uh, because I remember again in, in 2015 when you're going through this shit, they were killing each other on the Republican side. I mean, it was a fucking bloodbath. Now, well, they but Trump, now it's the complete Trump, opposite now. But Trump skipped half of it. And also Trump, here's the, here's the, good, the thing about that makes him so successful uh, at least running for office is that he his personality is a shit talking personality, and that's what the primaries and then going into the general is. You're just talking shit to and about everybody. Yeah, but that just comes naturally to him, and he's a he's got a very I know who you are, but what am I mentality to him? Somebody will be like, hey, you did all of this stuff. He goes, I don't give a fuck. You're stupid. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He just it just rolls off him like water off a duck's well, back. Well, he's from Queens. Yeah, he just yeah. doesn't care. He doesn't. He grew up in the late '40s, early '50s yeah. from Queens, New York. I mean, there's three elements in in drama, right? Character, place, and time. Sure. And he embodies all three of those things. A guy from Queens is a tough talking, yeah. not backing down. I'll fight you right here and now. You know, that's he how he literally had to be said to survive he, this. He literally days. said, "I could." <clears throat> I could walk out in the street, right? And shoot somebody, shoot somebody and still Fifth get elected, basically. Oh yeah! Like <laughs> what the fuck? And man? it actually happened. Well, it, I mean, look, you know. yeah, yeah. I mean, no, but I, that he actually got elected. But oh yeah, because I mean, let's face it, he got away with murder for all yeah. the shit he said. Yeah, I mean, it was it was still crazy. Does. Yeah, he still oh, does. Still does to this day. What I find fascinating about him in particular, <laughs> in that election and going forward, is almost the methodology of using essentially 1800s political tactics because back then you had to call somebody something it was bare knuckles buddy yeah and you had to say like crooked hillary or like these names hillary, yeah. yeah and you had to get a name to to stick something that the public could relate to and get behind and be like right. oh yeah that person you know johnny slim legs yeah he does have tiny legs i don't but want that, that guy to me, that's what thing. brings it back to biden because biden's the same kind of guy like, yeah he's a shit talker yes bernie sanders is a pussy he just is. Man. Bernie Sanders got kicked out of a commune when he was 40 years old for not working. Yeah. Okay. Is that real? That's real. That's funny. He, he's That's a, pretty sad. He's a pussy. And he he gets offended. Kamala Harris gets offended by things. Like, right. Oh. And then she tries to high road you. Trump's just like, eh, I don't care about what you just said. Here's what I'm going to say. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like, if if you're... He would have made a great press secretary because he ignores all the noise and just pushes his message. That's all he does. Biden can do it. None of those other people can, but I think Booker or Harris or, or Julian Castro or somebody like that will be the VP candidate probably. Yeah, well, they already said this. This is Stacey Abrams from Georgia. She's going to be Biden's vice president. They're already saying they're going to launch the ticket that You're way. kidding. No. I, w I wonder if that's the route to go out of 20 people. It's almost like 20 horses at the Kentucky Derby. It's too many. You kind of got to whittle this field down somehow. Right. I wonder if you don't go VP super early and just try to get ahead. Cause it shows desperation to me. I mean, if we have to package this guy with, with if someone she else. Dies, if Biden dies of a heart attack, she's president of the United States. Yeah. And she has no, what, zero political. Eh, not that Trump does either, I guess. But um, yeah, 
It's fucking wild. Either way, this this news cycle that is coming up. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Uh, it's going to be the greatest ever. And and you know, truthfully, it it really plays into Trump and who he is as a person. Like knowing what the news cycle is is a big key to all of this shit, and in particular, politics right now because it's twenty four hours. It's washed out with some other story, right? There's going to be a Michael Jackson doc. There's going to be a murder. There's going to be something else. And it's knowing that, knowing that the people don't care anymore and move on. Well, but I think the mistake that they make is that they don't think he's smart. He's smart as a whip. Yeah. Right? He's staying one step ahead. Last week, we're going to recognize Israel's right to sovereignty over the Golan Heights. That's ahead of the curve. Right? Everybody now forced to react. Right. And, and then meanwhile, that line is now... You know, because Obama was trying to get rid of that. Sure. He wanted to roll Israel back, right, out of the Golan Heights. No, we took it fair and square. It's called a war. My advice, don't lose the war. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. But I think, you know, with this, this news cycle and Trump and everything else is happening, like, with these candidates being able to eat each other alive, he'll be able to use this day after day after day after day. Like this guy, Beto, this kid... Who is this dude? Robert O'Rourke. I have never seen a dumber ass in my life. <laughs> yeah, he's a I mean, listen, when I started acting classes, we learned how to control our arms and hands, right? That's rule one. Let's yeah. get those things under control there. They're distracting. <laughs> Please do not gesticulate so much. Try to enunciate. Yeah. Thank you. Reach the back row. Thank you. <laughs> He's got a oh, he's got an arm problem. He's also making these weird fucking online videos. Yeah, that are what was the one where he was at the dentist? What the, did you see? The, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. that's he's what's trying, the appeal. He's trying to go common man style, but he hasn't been a common man in a very long time. Well, he's rich. It's a it's a mistake that a lot of those people make. Like Elizabeth Warren tried to do that thing in her house too with and the it was beer. Like, with the oh, beer, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, that that's was brutal. It, it was just so cringy. Thanking the husband for being. Thanks for you know being what, here. You know what Trump did? <laughs> yeah. Trump's just like, hey, you know what? I'm rich as fuck. My wife's a supermodel. Don't give a fuck about any of this shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, like so, it or not, he was authentic about it. Yeah. So, so I'm banging these hookers. You know, uh, well, who could blame me? Exactly. And 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 what today? I shit. I think in like an hour because we're all of us are chilling out on a Sunday. It's gorgeous in L.A. They're, a drop, they're about to drop that report at, what, four? They already did, yeah. Oh, they did? Right now, yeah. Yeah. So I... We haven't had a chance to look. No, because we, we've been on the air. But, you know, if there was something in it, it would have already happened at this point. Right? Yeah, no, they got nothing. Yeah. Except, they're, you know, they're trying to cover up their own shit. I didn't tell you this, but this was the greatest day ever. I was working on a movie uh, called... Uh, well, I won't even say the name of it because that would give away too much. But uh, <laughs> it's coming out. It's a prison movie. I was playing the good cop, and this girl was she was you know famous actress. She was the bad bad guard, right? And they were all rabid Hillary Clinton supporters, right? The day after the election, I got to go to the set. Really? Yeah. How how was that? That was spectacular. <laughs> was it like a funeral? Oh my God! They were weeping. They were crying. It was the best day ever. Because <laughs> me, Matt, and I, after we sold Matt's book, yeah, it was the, the meeting was the day after. So we flew into New York. All the hotels were sold out, and and they apologized. They were like, "Hey," because you know, everybody had flown in for for Hillary's right, victory for the, party. Yeah, coronation. Yeah, exactly. At the breaking the glass ceiling and the whole shit. And um, they were like, "We we really apologize. We have this one king bed. You know, it's the two of you." We, we can get you in another room in a couple of days or whatever. And they were like, we'll give you the money back, you know? And we were like, we, we don't really give a shit. 
protests were going on. I mean, it was a fucking funeral in New York that day. Well, they've never learned that they lost. They still don't think they've lost. They're still trying to relitigate it. I mean, oh yeah, they yeah, yeah. They still can't believe it. Yeah, and and again with this report that that is you know supposed to be coming out now, if they had something, it it would have been a long time ago. I mean, two years at this point is yeah. Well, you know, I you know I just kept my own counsel, as you know, in Hollywood. You, you, you're a conservative. You don't say, "Hey, I'm a conservative." No, you, you right. can't. It, it's uh, FOA and all FOA, that. Yeah. yeah, which has been disbanded. I heard. Yeah. No, no, no. It's uh, there's still remnant. Nick Cersei's running it now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, t- I talked to his people not too long ago about it. Well, yeah. I went to a few of those events, you know, and I didn't. I don't like again. I don't receive a lot of from the collective. I'm not interested in. You know, banding together and all that, but sure, uh, I'm not either. I, I got invited a couple, of, and I was just like, eh. yeah. You know, so uh, the mistake I made was I finally outed myself. You know, I the, one of the actresses came in and said, "Did you see the paper today, New York Times?" And I'm like, uh, "Hell no!" And uh, <laughs> nah, don't read that one. And she said, uh, "They got Trump. They got Trump. He is a Russian bank." And I'm like, "How about selling 20 percent of our fucking uranium to the Russians?" What is up with that? <laughs> so right away now, now the hate begins. I mean, they turned on me, you know. And we're doing an SJW. I didn't even know what social justice warrior. Everybody, was. everybody oh, on God. set, huh? Everybody on set. Oh yeah, really? Oh yeah. Didn't invite me to the rap party. You know, I was. You're fucking kidding. No, no, the hate was on. That's so stupid. Wow. And, and for instance, they brought me in at, for first shot of the day. And didn't shoot it till eight oh five that night, you know that kind of stuff. God it, damn it! So I just had to take it, you know. Yeah. Because I was at one point, I, you know, I've never walked off a movie, but I was ready to walk off that one. And I was like, "Fuck it, I don't care. Who cares about the coverage?" Sure. <laughs> Not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but the smirk, the smile, you know, I pulled a pure Nathan Sandman with the smirking. Yeah, because look, a, a lot of people. I, I didn't say a fucking word the whole day. Yeah. I just. I was the happiest day ever because it seemed impossible. Yeah, you know, it did. That night when I was watching, first started watching, I'm like, oh, we, we're not going to survive this Hillary Clinton. You know, I'd read some of the excerpts at the uh, Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget his name, but he wrote a book about her and his uh, spectacular time there in the White House with them. And, uh, you know, it was a cocaine drunken fest was what the Clintons were. I mean, they're, they're poor white trash, really. I'm into that, though. I like the cocaine and drinking. <laughs> loves it. Dan loves the coke. Yeah. What I don't like is uh, the uh, crime bill. Not a huge fan of that one. No. Yeah, no or the was, assault the, weapons the Chris, ban. Or any other reform. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah the prison reform that. bill, yeah. the crime bill from 93 and 97. I don't understand any of that shit. Like how all these progressives lined up behind Hillary. Crime bill, right? Yeah. Number one, Iraq war, pro-Iraq war, anti-marriage equality. All the things that progressives aligned themselves around, she was on the other side of that issue. And as soon as she popped up, oh, we got to fucking put it. It's her turn. Like, no, she's the worst. That that line about her being the single most qualified candidate for president of all time is such fucking bullshit. <laughs> qualified for what? Like, she was qualified to be a Republican, uh, like a far, far right Republican, actually. Right. Based on the policies that she she supported. Not even like a, like a normal Republican these days doesn't give a fuck about gay people yeah like like be gay no no one gives a fuck about that anymore no one's trying to like throw black people in jail for no reason anymore that's her she called them animals 
Super predators. Super predators. That's, yeah, yeah like, that's what I she mean, said, what yeah. the fuck, man? Just the cognitive dissonance behind that. Like, there were so many other candidates that may have been okay, and then they, like, you put her up for, for election, then you get mad that a guy like Trump wins. Yeah. What's the what's the what what's the fucking doing? difference? Yeah, there's, there's a great shot of her from the camp 2016 campaign, and it was taken before noon. And I think she was in Virginia, and she was in a bar, and she has a triple shot of whiskey, and her eyes are she, <laughs> she's belting this thing back, and I'm like, on the day? Oh yeah, really? Oh yeah, no. that's funny. Yeah, that actually yeah. makes me like her a little bit more. Yeah, she actually got it. She actually gained a point so right she there. Be part of the drinking, drinking bros, bro ho. Exactly. Speaking of which, uh, this is the point in the show we get to the drinking bro of the week, Bobby Ray Schaefer. I love it. This is uh, this is someone that has inspired you or, or or helped you out in your career, made you the person you are today. Who would you like to give it the drinking bro of the week to? The drinking bro of the week. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Brando. Really? Well, he's dead, but yeah, he inspired me. What Was he your dude growing up? He was a lot of actors' dudes growing up. Well, my when I got into acting class, he was the king, right? Yeah. And then I met him. Oh, how was that? Well, that was great. Uh, <laughs> I was sitting in a bar, uh, coincidentally, drinking some Crown Royal straight. And uh, I was waiting for a woman friend to come over so we could... You know, finish the breakup. It was it was over, and I look up, and there he is. He just walked in. It was a restaurant, Casa Vega in Sherman Oaks, a little Mexican joint. And uh, he goes back and he sits down, and I go call my friend uh, Nick that just won the two Oscars, and I said, "Guess who just fucking walked into this bar?" He's like, "Who?" And I'm Marlon Brando. So I go up to him. I introduce myself. I talked to him for about fifteen minutes. He was very kind and very generous to me. And uh, I had just read his autobiography, and uh, it was the name of his songs my mother taught me, right? Right. And uh, I said, well, I've, I just read, I read your book. And he goes, well, I just want you to know, Bobby, that I didn't really write the book. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like uh, yes, 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 but Mr. Brando, they're your stories. And he had said in the book, um, he only directed one movie. It's One-Eyed Jacks was the name of the movie he directed. And he said in that, you can't play drunk in close-up. You've got to be drunk. So I had used that in a film that I just shot, and I told him that story. I said, you know, I took that advice, (laughs) which, you know, I wasn't really hammered drunk. Sure. You don't want to be sloppy. But I wanted the actors to smell it. Yeah. I wanted, And I wanted that looseness that, well, a half pint of Jim Beam will give you right before you crawl out on the set. So um, I thanked him for that story. <laughs> and the great part about that, it was a rape scene in a movie. Oh, I was, I was boy, raping, Bobby, no. I, I, was raping nope. this, I was raping this actress. Nope, nope. nope. I, I was saying things like, now it's time to thank Daddy. Oh, boy, Because you're Bobby. nothing but a lousy secretary without me. Now come here. So she was thanking me after takes. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was great. Cause, you know, I was throwing her down. I was crawling on top of her. Bobby, did you have anything to drink before you came here? No, I'm kidding. No, I, had, I had a cup of coffee. <laughs> I feel a little punchy drunk. Yeah, no, no. You got that, me to confess so no, many. Things. Yeah, nobody comes on here and tells a hardcore graphic rape scene. Um, yeah, no, we, it's a, it's a corp- drinking bros podcast first. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen Dan smile in, in his entire <laughs> no, I, life. I, that's that's really funny. It's called the, it, It's on YouTube. I posted the clip. You can watch it. It's called The Corporate Ladder. 
Kathleen Kinmont was the victim of the rape. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Bobby Ray Schaefer, ladies and gentlemen. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, like a dream job, you know. I get it. No, you know. we're going to get you out of here, Bobby, on we're, that one. We're gonna... Might even cut this show a little earlier. But, yeah, sure. Uh, Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bobby Ray Schaefer, thanks for being here. Uh, Anthony, Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. Good night, everyone. Yeah.